Hello, and welcome to Refreshingly Honest Christian with David Metcalf. Check, check. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Okay. 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 Here we are. It's been a minute. It's been a while, you could say. One might say. And, uh, yeah, we are back. The comeback kid is here. That's me. David Metcalf. We've, uh, yeah, it's it's been since May, I believe. May 14th was our last episode and here we are. We're we're making it happen. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's 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 fun to be back. I I have kind of been I've kind of been putting this off for a little bit, uh to tell you the truth. In the spirit of honesty, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh <laughs> this is yeah, this has been um this has been a weird season for me, kind of taking a step back. It's a natural time to take a break over the summer, which is kind of what we've done. But now, when I say we, I, I really just mean me. Jake is Jake is out of the picture, bad blood, betrayal, stabbed in the back, all the things you, you might imagine. And how dare he? He's just, ugh, what a, what a terrible human being he is. He's having a baby. And he and his wife, Jacqueline, are expecting any minute, any minute. Well, that's not true. Probably, like, at the time of this recording, I don't know, like a month from now. <sighs> this freaking light. We're in the studio. It's just me running things here. The light up here on the ceiling, it keeps flashing. And I'm trying to trying to do more video slash audio. And uh, at the rate this is going... I'm just going to stick with audio. <laughs> so, but I which I actually kind of prefer. I feel like with video it's so it's kind of distracting for me. I have a hard time focusing on what I'm actually saying. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying too hard to be like freaking Joe Rogan over here. I don't I don't know. But we're back. All that to say, we're back from our little hiatus and the prodigal son has returned. Yes. So we're back. Excited to be here. And, uh, you know, 
I think a part of the reason why why I wanted to I took so long getting back into this was just because I I really wasn't sure what I what I even wanted from this anymore, you know. We started this podcast a couple years ago, couple two and a half years ago. I, can't, I mean, I don't even know. It's been it's been a long time. And I just was starting to lose the the thread, the the plot line, uh, so to speak. And I just was I'm gonna turn this stupid light off. Give me one second, friend. Okay, that stupid light's fixed. And uh, I don't know if we're gonna have video for this episode. It, we almost never do. We've done a few, and they're just a lot of work to produce to put together. Turns out this is why. This is why Joe Rogan has like like a guy. He's got a guy. It's not just him doing everything. I'm like, you know what I've been thinking of with this podcast? It's really funny. Like, so if you don't already know, like refreshingly honest Christian, we have this this podcast, this brand, if you will. And we have I don't know if you follow our Instagram, but we have a, a bit of a I don't know, a generous following there, a, a modest following. Um, and I, I don't know, this thing's just kind of take, taken on somewhat of a life of its own. And I guess, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I really started this podcast to, to talk about the elephant in the room to like really get down to some of the real stuff in my faith in Christianity, like where I'm at, what do I believe? Why all this deconstruction and it feels like the world is ending and Donald Trump. And I mean, part of the reason why I started this podcast was because I needed it just for me. Like, <laughs> like I, 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 it was like one part communicative. Like I wanted to communicate and, and like express kind of where I'm at. But then uh, another reason why we started this thing in the first place was because freaking there's just something in me that wants to, it's the three in me. If you, if you know the Enneagram, I'm, I'm, the performer, and I want to want to dazzle you. I want to do a little song and dance, and but but the foreign me is also just kind of low key resentful of that and doesn't want anything to do with it or to try to whatever all this stuff. But anyway, I just guess what I'm trying to say is I I really took a break just because a lot of the stuff we were getting into, especially towards the end was just super heavy. <laughs> I think one of the last few episodes uh, we did was how, you know, I'm, I'm done deconstructing. And a lot of this is, I think we mentioned it in that episode has been based on my doubts and my questions and like all that stuff. <laughs> and not just mine, but like hearing your doubts, your questions and like kind of, you know, sorting this out together. And and we've sort of created like a mini pseudo spiritual community online. You know, we have this Facebook group. There's like a, I don't know. It's not like tons of, tons of people, but there's like a hundred people in there. That's not nothing, you know? Like if there was, if there was one person in there, I know this sounds cheesy or like trite, but like I, but I, I really do feel like that would feel like a big deal to me. But the fact that there's people who I do not know that I've never met in there for whatever, I don't know why people are drawn to this podcast or whatever that 
the brand that is refreshingly honest Christian, exactly what they're trying to get from it. But I do know that this is a, I don't know, this is, it's been a worthwhile endeavor for me for a, for a ton, for a ton of reasons. And I, I love it. I really do love this podcast. Uh, It's not just about platforming or like building a brand or like trying, I don't know, like there, there, there's something about it that I really enjoy and that I do think brings a lot of life, maybe even just to me personally, but, but, but even, you know, people have reached out, (laughs) they've slid in the DMS or they've emailed us or have heard from people and in however small a way, like, you know, so it's just a labor of love. And there was a part of me that wasn't sure if I was going to do this anymore. And not just the podcast, but like, to tell you the truth, like there was a moment I I really need to like catch you guys up on like what's been happening over the last, I don't know, five months. There's been a lot, there's been a lot um, going on. And as I'm sure there's a lot going on in your life. And one of the things that kind of came up was it was my 10 year anniversary. It was like the 10 year mark of my time at my church, my home church here in Bend where I live. And I don't know why that number exactly like sticks out in my brain, but like, I just remember one time our lead pastor saying, Hey, is and this was a while ago, but saying, Hey, like, has anyone, if you know, if there's anyone here who's been here 10 years or, or longer, please stand up. Like, and he was like, he did this thing where he kind of like, I don't know, like honored people for sticking it out and for being, being a part of the community for that long. And I don't know why, but for some reason that really stuck out of my brain and so yeah, September would have been like that 10 year mark around that time. I don't know the exact date, but it was like, yeah, it was like pretty close to like the weekend that I remember officially going to that church and man, well, first of all, um, before we get into that, you know, I'll just, you know, kind of bring you up to speed on like what's been going on. So my wife and I, we, uh, this is in good news, you know, good news. We went to Disneyland. We went on a vacation. That was really fun. That was really awesome. We just went for it. We stayed at the hotel and it, it was kind of weird, to be honest, being there during COVID. But like, it was, it was just really great. It was really nice to get away, but also just super freaking exhausting. We had the, uh, the, what what's it called? The park hopper. So we would go from Disneyland to whatever the other side, CAP, California Adventure Park. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, so it was just a really awesome time. We got got away. And then when I came back, I had this uh, conference that I had planned to go to like months, months before. And that was in Portland. And it was, it was, it was like a pastor's conference, which I'm like not a pastor, like I haven't been in ministry in a while, but it, it was a, pa- it was, it, it was more specifically, it was, it was on speaking, on public speaking. It was 
called The Art of Teaching, and it was put on by John Mark Comer, if you know him, who has a lot to do with my my coming to faith, him in particular. And later that weekend, Rob Bell would have, would be coming to Portland, and there was just this one offhanded comment that uh, John Mark Comer, not to throw you under the bus, bro, but... Uh, and he like later like like kind of casually mentioned like oh yeah like I shouldn't have said that, but like I don't know man you say, when you say things like this is like a super influential guy like he's you know this is a room full of pastors I can only imagine like the congregants that these pastors represent like I'm just when I see them I I see hundreds if not thousands of other people, and so okay I'm I'm gonna stop building up he just said he was talking about people that he aspired to be like when he first started in ministry, when he first started preaching, when he first started his ministry. And he said he was following, you know, people who were just like way ahead of their time. And no surprise, he mentioned Rob Bell. And I think he mentioned Erwin McManus too. And he was like, when they were Christian, (laughs) like referring to Rob Bell and I guess Erwin McManus. I mean, I don't know. But he like softened his blow a little bit with, Erwin McManus. And then the whole room just died laughing. And I just remember in that moment being kind of put off by that because not only, I mean, this is no secret. Like we've had Rob on this show. Like I really enjoy him and his work and he's given voice to a lot of my own doubts, particularly with love wins and on the topic of hell and, and all of that stuff. And so I guess, you know, when I, when I'm seeing one of my heroes who, by the way, like in, in recent years, I don't know, there's been something like I've heard Richard Rohr say, okay, speaking, speaking of another person who is one of my teachers, I would say somebody who really is for whatever reason in my life right now, those teachers, those people, what they have to say is really resonating with me. So anyway. What I've heard him say, Richard Rohr say, is they're just no longer serving you. And, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. Like John Mark, there was a season where I just wanted to be exactly like him. I wanted to copy his every dialect and intonation of his voice. And if you know, you know. So more recently, I, you know, I kind of dropped off the John Mark Comer bandwagon. Just for, I don't know, just I don't know why, but just some some stuff that I'm just like, I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, But still, like, there's a lot that I really glean from him in particular. So when he's saying this in a room full of people that Rob Bell is no longer a Christian, and I'm going to see him the following weekend in Portland, Oregon. And then that also happens to be the weekend, the 10-year anniversary at my church the conference was like during the week it was like tuesday wednesday thursday kind of thing and then i would go see rob bell like saturday and then the following the next day i'd be at church and it'd be like the 10 so there's just a lot going on in that weekend where i just remember so i went to the i went to church by myself tess if you're listening she you know this so she slept in that day she was just not she was not feeling it and that's and that's great so i just went by myself which has been, which was fine, but I, but I went by myself and I just remember coming back that night and, uh, and 
just saying, like, I don't know if I'm still a Christian or not. I don't know if I believe in God anymore. I don't know. I just don't know. And I mean, if you've been following this podcast, that's probably no surprise to you exactly. And it wasn't even a revelation because I've, I've definitely gotten in a place where I, yeah, I don't believe it the same way that I used to, but like, I never heard myself say it like that. And granted, like, let's not, let's not forget that I, I am, I love telling myself a drama and, you know, I mean, that's just, that's just so, so juicy and yeah, existential and yeah, my, the, the four Enneagram four feeler sensitive person in me was like loving that. But I, I don't know. I really like didn't know what to make of that. And, and I still don't necessarily know what to make of that or if that's even really where I'm at. But I just remember saying to Tess, my wife saying, I just, I I just don't know. And so that like, then I'm like wondering like, what does that mean for everything not just this podcast but like a lot of things but yeah in particular like this podcast like is this like the refreshingly honest agnostic person podcast I don't know <laughs> I, I do still identify as a Christian I do still really really love a lot of <laughs> a lot of What's in Christianity? I in particular Jesus, you know, and I know that's like the the cliche or whatever, but I think for me that was a big deal, and I and there was a whole lot going on in between all of that, you know. Since then, I I've gotten off my antidepressants. I started seeing a a psychiatrist. I was seeing a therapist for a time, just kind of talk therapy, but yeah, I you know. I, I, so I went off my, my antidepressants, um, just because like, I'm like, I don't know, like I, uh, here's what it is. I got on TikTok and then it started to convince me that I have ADHD, which is like, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there that I still feel like, <laughs> like there's this thing called RSD, rejection sensitive dysphoria, which, I mean, if you just Google that, there's like a bunch, bunch there. It's just like you know, I, I'm like a hypersensitive person to, to begin with, but like, like that's a big thing. You perceive every little, you know, perceived or real slight as there's something fundamentally wrong with you, you know, and apparently that's like a thing that has to do with ADHD. So, and I'm still like, so I'm still figuring out, I, I need to do some testing for that. But so I got off medication, started going to see a therapist or a psychiatrist again, which has been really great. But, uh, you know, I, that, that 10 year, there's something about that where I, it just, it was such a significant number. And, uh, speaking of Rob Bell, I've heard him mention this book on his podcast. It's called Necessary Endings, uh, by Dr. Henry Cloud. If you know him, he has a book on boundaries and I just love that title, Necessary Endings. He talks about 
how we don't end things well. And there's this language of, you know, it's not a divorce, it's a graduation. And that's kind of how I felt about my time at this church. It just felt like I'd, I'd run the race (laughs) and maybe that, maybe, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that was it, you know? So yeah, I, I didn't, didn't know exactly what to do with that. And I, (laughs) I started asking myself questions like if this is the place for me anymore. And I just didn't, I don't, I don't, I still don't know the answer to that, but I have, or I, I I have a tattoo or I had a tattoo of our church's logo. And it was just like three lines, but I got it covered. (laughs) And those lines, like for me, when I got that tattoo, you know, this church in particular has always for me represented friends, really close friends. And if you know my story, my background, my, my family history and all that, a lot of it's even represented my, you know how people say my church family. It's like, not only is that like, there's that sentiment, but a lot of people who I, well, (laughs) the person who I married, Tess, my wife, like her family, a lot of them were like working at this church. So then there's like actual family or at least, you know, uh, distant relatives that are, you know, not just friends, but also family, but it's also represented faith. And if you listen to the, I'm done deconstructing podcast, it's also represented for me a vocation and that's being a pastor. So anyway, I got this tattoo covered up and I, I, it was so funny. I like, it's so dramatic, but I just wanted to get it covered up because I just, there was something about having it tattooed on me that felt like a weight. It felt like a, I don't know how to describe it any other, other way than just, there was like a heaviness to when I would see it or if I'd look down on it or I, I watched The Vow on HBO and if you've seen this documentary, uh, you like you know what I'm talking about. There's this scene. It's all about like a self-help improvement group that basically turned into a cult. And in that documentary, spoiler alert, one of the gals, or actually a bunch of the women in that group, they were like getting branded with this dude's initials. They like pinned her down and it was part of like this weird initiation for this inner sanctum group for these women, but I've been talking a lot about this with my therapist recently, like the difference, like the difference between a a cult and, and just a church, like, and is there a difference? Like, or are there certain similarities? Like if we made a Venn diagram, like which, which parts of, of churches and and cults like would have similarities, you know, or what strategies do they de- deploy that are like equally as harmful? So I don't know. Like, it's funny. I didn't get pinned down. Nobody made me get it or whatever, but there's something about just having that on my body that the permanence of it 
which is like, you know, it's classic, like, oh, be careful what you get tattooed. Like, you might regret it later. It's like, it's like, it's weird. It's not even that I was like regretting it so much as just, I'm like, I just don't want this. <laughs> I don't want this on me anymore. Like, I, 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 it feels, you know, when I got it, like, there was definitely some, ang- I would say, like, anguish when I got it. Like, I could give you, like, a whole dramatic telling of why I got it in the first place but to spare you those details when I got it it was like oh this is a good thing this is like you know yada yada but now I'm like I just don't yeah I just covered it up so anyway I went and saw Rob Bell and uh gosh I love that guy I really do I I don't mean to be like a fanboy because I you know I know he's I know he's just a guy. But, you know, I I mean, I just really appreciate him and his work and what he's doing and it's really helped me out a lot personally. So, shouts out to to Rob. I Yeah, it was it, you know, being in a room full of people and it was like it felt like I was at church but not the church <laughs> that I'm used to. And uh, being in a room full of freaking progressive liberals in Portland, you know, uh, for all I know. I mean, there it was just classic Portland. If you know Portland, it's like, you know, keep Portland weird. Like it is it is doing that. It It is staying weird, which is great. I like weird people. But yeah, it was just so good being there. And so, you know something that I have to kind of keep coming back to this tension that I'm in right now with my faith or Christianity or church or whatever, the soul, you know, it's like, there's so much of it that I don't, I don't know if I'm cut out for, you know? And so here, here's the cherry on top of, of all of this. I, Maybe I'm just like a glutton for punishment, but I applied for the youth pastor job at my church. An opening came up, um, and it was the same job that I, if you listen to that episode, sorry to keep mentioning that, but if you go back a few episodes, you know, I mentioned that. Um, it's the same job that I that I applied for and didn't get last time. But this time I had like an interview, and I... Um, didn't get it and it was like not as hard or as difficult as the first time but still difficult like if you know if i'm being completely real real with you but uh yeah i just i don't know i it for me it just keeps underlining this thing it's like my 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 therapist mentioned this yesterday she said, like, I wonder if it's just not for you, basically. Or, you know, I, I forget how she said it, but she said something like, it's clearly you're at odds with a lot of it, but you're, but, you know, you clearly still want to be a part of it or whatever. And I think that has a lot to do with this, like, I've kind of been, joking lately that I'm a recovering cynic with a savior complex. 
And I think that's probably true that I have that in me. It's the evangelical in me that just, yeah, I, 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 you know, but it's this idea of like reform, you know, or being a reformer or being a, a Protestant even, which like pick apart that word, like the root word of Protestant is to protest, you know, and you know, I, I sort of tongue in cheek put in my bio zero fucks given since 2020 on Twitter. And I just, yeah, like the gloves kind of came off. They did <laughs> like it's, they just did. And I don't, I don't want to take you down a political road right now or anything, but you know, I really do feel like at least in me, Trump brought out the worst. And I think a lot of that was like, okay, like you're kind of a bully, you know, you're kind of bringing out, you know, you're kind of provoking people. So I guess like, I'm going to, I'm going to meet you with that same energy. I swear to God, Trump is an Enneagram eight. Um, He's yeah, which whatever all you Enneagram eights, just be healthy. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, I, I, uh, where was I going with that? The savior complex in me, I'm looking at Christianity and I'm thinking, this is not too far gone. There's still some good in here. The baby in the bathwater, Josh Harris, freaking Josh Harris. Love you, bro. This guy, he got kind of raked through the coals. That's ha- that happened. He created a, a deconstruction. What was it? E-course or something. And I mean, that was a while ago, but he recently said there's no baby in the bathwater. It's just bathwater. You can drain it and take a shower. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, like, first of all, I see, okay, you're playing with the the metaphor. No baby in the bathwater. It's just bathwater. You can, is, okay, now you're talking about a shower. It's like, okay, I get what he's trying to say. And for some people, that's true. But I'm like, okay, bro, that would mean there's there's like nothing of value here. And, you know, this thing dawned on me recently that, uh, let's talk about uh let's talk about identity let's talk about that let's talk about let's talk about identity i recently found my old band my old band's music i was in a i was in a metal band called it lays in ruins there was this identity that i had as like a metal like hardcore scene kid emo kid gosh if this wasn't a phase, it was at least a very deep and real part of me that I was once upon a time during high school playing music and writing music and playing shows with some of my closest and best friends at the time. And we had these high hopes of making it, getting signed, <laughs> which it sounds laughable, like with a high school band, but, but you know, like we were good. So anyway, I found this music. And uh, I know this is such a tangent, but this this is going to land people. There's going to be a payoff at the end. So just, 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 just suspend judgment for a minute. Okay. So, so identity, you know, I feel like I've lived a thousand lives 
in my short 29 years. I'm turning 30, by the way. That's coming up, which is crazy. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 this music, man, it just took me back. And I played guitar in this band. And I never really thought of myself as a creative person, you know. For some reason, I'm thinking of The Artisan's Soul by Erwin McManus. Like he wrote a book, and it was all about like unleashing your inner creativity, and everyone's creative. And I remember seeing that and saying, like, oh, I'm not creative. But, like, I don't know. You know, like, I, like, I was actually creating music, and you know, we were creating music, my friends and I in this band. So it just, anyway, it just took me back, and it just really made, started to make me like pause and reflect and think back on how I even got to where I am today in the first place, you know? And, you know, um, I really do see this in a lot of people where it just feels like we're throwing away certain parts of ourselves that are worth holding on to. Um, and so this word for me you know how some people have like a word of the year. Um, one word that's really been transformative for me is this word integrate. Like integrating uh, certain parts of my identity, parts of my personality, integrating both light and darkness within me. Uh, because I think, honestly, in a lot of Christian circles, there's an emphasis on light. And, and and by darkness, I don't mean evil. I just mean, like, I mean, some of it's, yeah, it's evil. It's, like, malevolence and, and insidiousness or, you know, yeah, some of it's doubt or whatever. But, like, I do think we have an emphasis on sort of happy, clappy, um, everything's up and to the right, life is awesome which I'm for and I think we need. And I, um, I, I really think we need it. We need both. Um, and I think I started to bifurcate this part of my personality that was, you know, I started to lose some of that refreshingness, uh, you know, and, and that was a big part of the podcast too, where I was like, I was kind of seeing where a lot of it was heading. Um, and I'm seeing it in a lot of people too that I follow where it just feels like bitching. It just feels like you're complaining. And, and, I, and I don't want to just point the finger. Like I felt like I was just complaining about everything and pointing the finger and this is, this is fucked up and this is bullshit, and, um, which is all true, by the way. It is. But I... But I um, but, but this thing kind of like ro rose up in me where I'm like, all right, man, are you going to like stop complaining? Or are you going to like start doing something about, and like, and to be specific, like the thing, like the things that I'm complaining about, like per in particular, like with the church, like, oh, like the church, the church should do this or that or the other. And I'm like, I think I'm kind of asking that as like a, challenge now like okay like 
if that's a problem, then you see, like, can you do something about it? Yes. Okay, great. Well, what are you going to do about it? And I think for me, you know, I'm like, well, oh, woe is me. I, you know, I can't even get the job that I applied for. Like, how can I make a difference? How can I have an impact? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, um, I guess it's just, you know, I'm trying to like integrate all of this conflicting emotion of like, am I even a Christian anymore? Do I even believe in God? Maybe not in the same way, but like the God that I believe in, who's not necessarily in a control room, you know, listening in on, you know, what I'm having to say exactly, you know, or whatever, like, what do I do with all this? It just feels seemingly like contradictory. <laughs> like, like, you know, and I'm talking to my therapist and I'm just like, and she's telling me, like, is this even, you know, is this even, it seems like they don't want you. And it seems like you don't want them either. So why, like, why don't you just leave, you know? <laughs> like, and I think the answer is, is I do feel like beyond just me, you know, self-aggrandizing and trying to, like, you know, save the day and, and again, that Messiah complex that savior complex, it's like, I feel they're like, there is a lot worthwhile here. And I know that to be true in me. Like the, I, like for some people, like maybe, maybe they don't see anything worth holding on to, And that's fine. But you know, with Josh Harris saying this, I'm like, I'd recommend doing the difficult work of sorting through like, which is which, like what's garbage. What's, what's, you know, what's lasting, what's enduring, what's true, like what's good here. Um, you know, cause like, I really do feel like that expression as tired as it is. Like there's some, there's some truth to it. And, uh, I'm just speaking for me, you know, I, I, so I guess in a roundabout way, uh, like I, I'm not done I'm not done. Um, even though I have like this swirl of contradicting feelings and emotions and, you know, I that I don't necessarily know what to do with, but I do want to do something about it. And so uh, this is like a fun thing, actually. Um, I'm, I get to announce um, here. Uh, that I'm actually looking forward to. Recently, we had somebody on Facebook reach out and say, like, hey, like, are you guys coming back? Like, are you doing something else? And we are back. We're here. We're not going anywhere. Podcast is going to come back. Uh, we're going to be, <laughs> like, we may be hit or miss here and there, but we're going to come back. We're going to ease back into it. This is a lot of work, but we are back. But the other question that this person had was like, are you working on something else? And the answer is yes. Uh, I'm starting a church. Uh, I'm starting a church kind of. Um, <laughs> um, when I didn't get this job, I was obviously disappointed. Uh, but even before that, I had this idea for a different kind of church. Uh, or like a reimagined church. 
experience that's like not like for at least for me it's like it's taking out the things that I feel like are maybe traps or like it's like I don't know we I feel like we could probably do without this or whatever but here it is here's the grand uh, reveal ladies and gentlemen brewery church love people drink beer do good that's the tagline for you uh we what it is is it's just like a simple concept um here in bend oregon we have the most microbreweries per capita so what that means is like we have a shit ton of breweries and you know it's funny like there's been a few churches that plant in the area and they have like some clever name that kind of reflects the city and uh but it's usually like trying to be like really cool and hipster. But you know, I'm like, okay, if I were to start a church, what's more, what's more, uh, what's more bend than beer or breweries. And you know, like I, it's so funny. Like I, you know, this whole like Mark Driscoll thing, like there's like a, a weird, funny caricature of like a Christian who drinks beer and cusses and like, and that's just kind of funny. But uh, you know, it kind of was reminiscent for me of like, what's, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? The guy who wrote, uh, Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien. He and C.S. Lewis, they both had this little thing called the Inklings and they would meet at a pub and hang out and they would talk about, uh, their writing. And I don't know, there's just this vision of like them hanging out. Like, I'm just like, if you look it up, um, uh, it's on our, on our Instagram actually for brewery church. Uh, I forget what it's called. The, the specific pub that they would go to. Oh, here it is. The Eagle and child. It's a pub made famous as a meeting place for fantasy authors, CS Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, and yeah, in Oxford, England. So it just kind of like it says here, um, that it was, com- it was for, Writers get together and known as the Inklings, they would meet regularly with other academics at the grade two listed pub. So, you know, I think I, you know, I like that. I like that vibe. Um, But, you know, there was this freaking verse that really has stuck with me uh, that kind of led up to this. And, and it's Jesus talking about feeding the poor. It's it's about like clothing people and yada yada. Let me let me just here it is. Matthew 25, 35 through 40. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I needed clothes and you clothed me. Whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did for me. And if you read that story in its context, it it really maps out like he, he says to one group of people, like get away from me. You never knew me. Like they said, like, when did we do these things for you? And it's like, and that was like the, that was like the difference between these people, um, actually being Christians and not, uh, was that they did these really simple things. And so for me, you know, rather than like church around a stage, I, I kind of want to do church around a table and, for me, like, I don't know, like, I when I think about the good in the world that the church does and when it's at its best, 
you know, I even think of, you know, the denomination that, uh, that, that I, the, the, the tradition that I was raised in, um, you know, it was started, uh, back in like night, like the early 1900s and it was around the great depression. And, um, this denomination, which was founded by a woman, Amy Simple McPherson, look her up, was like they like they actually were like feeding like rather than the just the government you know how the church churches say like oh like that's that's the church's job it's like these this this church at least in that area was like um they were like doing that and so i don't know i just think that's really beautiful but i uh i had this idea you know cuz i like i have this desire to do ministry I do, you know, and I know this podcast is, you know, a part of that. Like, I, like I, I know that it's helped people and it's, and you know, we get encouraging responses and all of that. But, you know, like there was also this thing in me that was just like, okay, you know what? I think I'm just kind of tired of the digital online thing where, especially like with, when you, when you, you're just like kind of bitching and complaining about stuff. Like you really do just create an echo chamber, you know? And I don't know. You can attract people from like across, you know, the, the country or the world for that matter. Um, and like, they're going to agree with you and whatever, but it's just like, you're kind of attracting like this one type. And I don't know, like there's, that's kind of what I love about, like this thing about like forced proximity, like being in a community with real people and like forcing yourself to stay. Um, like even when you don't want to be a part of it <laughs> sometimes, or you're just like kind of sick of it. Like, I don't know. There's just like this commitment to a place or a people that I find really compelling. And it's not just based on preference. And I feel like so much of online, like is that where I'm like, you know, Oh, I'm going to follow this person. I'm going to unfollow them. Or, like, then we get into this weird valorizing of, oh, like, I'm, I got blocked by Dave Ramsey. Like, okay, cool, good for you. Like, who the fuck? Like, that, that's a badge of honor? Cool. Like, <laughs> like, that's not really doing anything good. Like, you're just kind of creating more of a echo chamber and... You're making things more divisive. Like I, if there's, if anything, like I do want to be more of a bridge builder. And at the end of the day, like I just, you know what? I'm just kind of sick and tired of talking about what I believe or don't <laughs> like, you know, it just kind of, I don't know. It just kind of gets a little bit like masturbatory where it's just like, are we just jerking off? I don't mean to be crass, but it's like, what is the point? And you know, freaking Bob Goff, him and his book, Love Does. It's like, I, this whole idea of like faith in action or, you know, there's this book I read in Bible college or I was supposed to read. It was called Head, Heart, Hands. And it was all about an emphasis on like which churches focus on which. So head, it's like really intellectual and thought provoking. And, you know, you get like seminary nerds and it's all about, splitting hairs and how many angels can float on a 
freaking bobby pin or something like that. I don't know. Uh, or <laughs> the cramp. I don't know if you know that saying. I I clearly don't. And then head heart heart is all about like I don't know like feeling and like the like love and you know all that good stuff. And then like hands is like doing. It's like what are you actually doing in the world? And I I don't know like. I think all three, like there's a holy trinity there. It's like, I think you can't have one without the other necessarily, but at least in my own faith, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm not, my faith isn't really doing anything. Like in a faith without works is dead. I'm just literally recalling right now. Like that is, that's a real thing. Like, like, I don't know what it's like in your town where you live, but just recently, over the last few months in particular and like it's getting cold it's like we're in the fall we're we're just about around the corner with winter and there's been way more of like a a homeless population in my town like there's tents uh in certain pockets like near the like the, the highway or the parkway and i you know i you know i know i'm like a sensitive little little boy sometimes and like you know and I see that and it kind of like and I feel for people like I do but but like I don't always have like it's like cool like do I just does God just want me to feel bad or like to have like I don't I don't know so anyway this this idea of like serving of serving people in like this really simple idea of like creating care packages and partnering up with breweries and not meeting at a church building and like being in the city and like doing good in the world. Like there's just something that felt right about it. So that's something that we've been working on brewery church. If you want to check it out, you can go to brewery.church or brewerychurch.co. I believe brewery.church. Just give that one a shot. I know that one works. So um, yeah, that's we're. I do think I do. I do consider this a ministry, refreshingly honest Christian. I want it to serve people. Um, and that's, you know, there's this other thing that I kind of came across. Another phase that I sort of went through, um, I had this friend in high school who was a part of the FFA, Future Farmers of America. If you've watched Napoleon Dynamite, maybe you recall that scene. But uh, if you look it up, it's like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's actually, it's, it's kind of cool. So it's like, yes, it's agriculture. It's like farming and like cowboys or whatever, but it's like, it's also like, and it has an emphasis on like leadership um, and, and also like public speaking, which is, which funny, funnily enough, funny enough, that's literally why I got into public speaking in the first place was uh, through this friend and and he was a part of FFA and my freaking senior year I went through this like I don't know like I w- like after my like hardcore phase like I got kicked out of the band <laughs> and uh I you know like I went through like this hardcore preppy phase um where I was wearing like like Hollister and and American Eagle uh, and, but then, but then I took a hard right into, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't like trying to be a cowboy, but I, I, I recall some pictures of me wearing like a full on cowboy outfit at, at the fairgrounds. And I even showed a, a steer 
uh, a full-on cow. His name was Winston, and he almost killed himself one time because we were trying to get him to like use a, a what is it? A halter? Is that what it's called? And he was tied up to a tree, and he almost like choked to death. And this 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 girl who was dating my friend at the time jumped over the fence and like like a freaking Amazon warrior princess breaks out a knife and like cuts the rope and like saves this cow's life. Pretty intense. But uh, <laughs> where am I going with this? Integrate, integrate, integrate. Like I'm, I'm talking about integration, like not throwing out parts of your personality. I guess what I'm trying to say with all of this is, you know, with, especially with deconstruction and, and, you know, as much as I feel like I'm done with that, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I, I don't think it's a perfectly clear cut, you know, now it's done. Now you're doing this or whatever. But I, I just know that, you know, I don't have to deny one part of myself and promote another. Meaning, you know, like I don't need to, and that's the funny thing too, like, like, identity and clothes and all different expressions of this is who I am and I'm a Democrat, you're a Republican or whatever. Like, it's just like, okay, like group belonging is just kind of boring. Like it just is. And I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm more than just one thing and I'm just, I'm just, I'm tired of, as it relates to my faith, I'm just kind of like tired of feeling like I have to choose or I have to like throw something away or to like, I don't know, like, especially online. I'm just, I just, ugh. I'm just kind of burnt out on, I like, I had to unfollow like a ton of people um, just so I could just stop being reminded of all this crap, like in Christianity or even just like, I don't know. I just, I just got sick of it. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that's what I've been up to. <laughs> um, starting this nonprofit. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a church, but it's really like, it's like a, it's like a low key hangout. Uh, we meet on, we meet at breweries, uh, Sunday nights. Um, and, we're putting together like care packages and we're drinking beer. We're hanging out. We're kind of like, it's an extension. I, this is how I view it as an extension of refreshingly honest Christian. It's like, I want to extend the, these conversations, you know, this kind of like flavor or, you know, the, the conversations that we're having here on this podcast, like I want to have with real people, (laughs) like, uh, in a, like, you know, in a room, I don't know, over beers, like just talking, hanging out. And, um, I don't know. I just, and I think that's where like real relationship is found. And I don't know. I just think there's a lot of good that can, could come from it. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, you know, I want to, this, I want to bloom where I'm planted. Um, I want to Here, here's the thing that kind of hit me was like, with this job in particular that I didn't get for the second time, uh, at this, my home church, like I really was kind of faced with a choice. Like, do I, if I want to be a pastor, which I, which I, you know, that's what I'm like trained for. Like, that's what I've, 
you know, I, I went to school for, like, you know, I did the internships, I, you know, whatever. Like, I, I, that's my passion. That's my skill. That's my, that's where my heart's at. Uh-huh. So it's like, I'm kind of faced with this thing where I'm like, I'm not really accepted. <laughs> um, and like, that was kind of a thing that kind of came up in the interview. Like, it was like, hey, like, you know, you kind of, you, you're kind of salty. You've said some stuff um, or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm a real person. And there's some, and, and, and like, that was like a thing. Like, I almost felt like I was being faulted for it in the interview um, I don't think that's exactly why I didn't get it, but, um, you know, I'm like, okay, so if I'm looking out, if I'm trying to look at this thing objectively and I'm like, okay, I could just start applying for other jobs, other pastoral jobs, and I could go somewhere and I'm like, no, I don't want to up and leave. I don't want to uproot my, my life. Cause I was, this is my home bend Oregon. Like I can draw a circle around it. This is where I was born and raised. Uh, this is, I have roots here, you know, and I'm not going to lie. Like I, you know, over the pandemic, over like the, the presidential election, like I definitely burnt some bridges for sure, but I also don't necessarily regret a lot of that either. But I've also like re even recently, like really like, um, reconnected and, with, with some, some old friends and I don't know, it's just been really good. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I'm, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still doing, I still enjoy this. I think there's a lot of good that these conversations can have in a digital environment. Um, hopefully. Um, but like for me personally, I'm like, this can't be it, you know? Um, and you know, funny enough, I've also been going to like, hasn't been like a, Oh, I have to go to church this time, but I've been going like, even after I got my tattoo covered up, <laughs> like as, as funny as that sounds like, um, but yeah, this new idea, you know, of brewery church, um, I just, I want to with where I'm at right now this is, this is what I feel like is, is the next step for me. And, um, if you're listening to this and you're in the area and you want to be a part of that, um, feel free to reach out. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is, you know, I'm still in the early, early beginnings. Like we're, we tentatively like I have our first, uh, our first thing. We did like a low key thing over the summer, but we have our first thing happening November 14th. Um, and t tentatively that's at Ben brewing company and, uh, shouts out to Ben brewing. I want to, I want us to brew our own beer. That'd be pretty cool. Um, like our own church parking lot beer. And it could be like a, I don't know, like a light, like a, like a light citrusy beer. I don't know. Something delicious. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, uh, what else? Brewery Church, check it out if you're interested. Uh, oh, we also, you know, this is pretty freaking funny, but 
we launched our online store. Um, we have merch. We have merch now. We have actually, I haven't announced this because it's been a while. But we, ha- like, I had this, if you follow the Instagram or you follow us on social media, like, you've probably seen this. But, like, we have our online store. You can check that out, refreshinglyhonestchristian.com slash merch. There's a bunch of cool stuff on there, and I'm not just saying that. Like, um, I took a lot of time, like, really intentionally, like, trying to, like, create some quality stuff. So if you want to support the podcast, go check that out, refreshinglyhonestchristian.com slash merch. Pretty excited about that, actually. There's some Mr. Rogers stuff, some Love Your Neighbor stuff, some I Can Do All Things Through a Verse Taken Out of Context stuff. Hey, there's uh, We've got mugs, we've got hats, we've got pins, we've got stickers, we've got all the stuff that you might expect. So yeah, if you want to support the podcast, there's that. Uh, what else? I don't really know. I feel like I'm stalling. I am going to see what else has been happening uh, on my feed just to kind of see. I don't know. But I guess I'll just land with this. I'll, I'll stop ranting. I, I think Jesus might have been on to something with this whole talk of loving your neighbor. And for me, I'm taking that one to the bank, all the way to the bank, and I'm taking it literally. I'm going to, I mean, I don't like to read the Bible literally very much, but at this point, I'm all for loving my digital neighbor, but I am, I, I think loving the people that are immediately next to you who live and breathe around you. Uh, I think that's the call. You know, that's the greatest commandment as Jesus would say. And I, I just want to get better at that. I'm not saying this as an expert. I'm not saying this as a, I'm not even saying this as a pastor. I'm a, I'm a companion on the journey with you on that one, my friend. And I don't do it perfectly. I don't do it well all that often. Um, I'm definitely not. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm doing this imperfectly. Um, but I am choosing Jesus, and I am. I'm still in this. I'm still in the game. I, with all my questions, all my doubts with everything in me that's that seems fragmented or contradictory. Um, I don't think that it contradicts it. I think that's what faith is. Faith is a mystery. Faith is not certainty. And I think when we reduce it to that, we're doing not only ourselves, but I think God a disservice because nothing's promised. We're all going to die someday. <laughs> the tattoo that I got, uh, it's, it's a skull. Uh, and I recently heard John, John Mark of all people kind of riff on this recently that like old monks, like in old writings, like there's like this, a lot of us, when we think about skulls, we think of like liquid death here. We think of like metal branding or we think of like, but it's like, a lot of like old literature, it's like keeping your mortality before you and reminding yourself, like, it's like, you know, like death is a part of this thing and nothing is promised and how we have it all. Like 
mapped out in our minds, the stories that we tell, like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Um, but, uh, why not do some good while we're here? Why not love people? Why not alleviate suffering? Uh, you know, I've been following Jordan Peterson a lot and, um, I know a lot of people like, I guess don't like him for like, I mean, a bunch of reasons that I could like, I don't know, get into or even just, but I don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. When I listen to Jordan Peterson, I get it. I'm like, yeah, personal responsibility. Um, he has this book, 12 rules for life. And it's, it's, it's kind of a cliche. Like I know a bunch of Christian men are sort of like all about it, all about Jordan Peterson. Same with like freaking Joe Rogan who like, I'm not in the fanboy camp, but I'm not in the hate camp either. <laughs> um, I actually really enjoy Joe Rogan and I think he has a lot of nuanced. I mean, why I think it's why he's so damn successful. And I think there's a bunch of like whiny little bitches who want to complain because that's their identity. That's what they, that's how they give and receive love is because like, and that's like, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to get into that, but Jordan Peterson, he has this thing in his book, 12 rules for life. It's all about, um, like he, he's kind of known for saying like clean your room. Uh, and, (laughs) uh, or what is it? There's this chapter, um, 12 rules for life. Um, what is it? Where is it? Oh, here it is. Okay. Hold on. Pulling it up. Here it is. Set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. And that's all I'm going to say. Set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. Jesus talked about removing the plank from your own eye first so you can see clearly to see the sliver in your brother's eye. And if there's one thing that I like, I'm kind of coining this post deconstruction embarrassment. Like there's one thing I'm ashamed of or embarrassed of, uh, with everything leading up to this. It's that I got into the habit of criticizing the world without my house being in perfect order. And I just got to say, I can see the error of my ways. You know what I mean? It's so easy to point the finger. It's so easy to complain. It's so easy, but it's like until, and that's the thing is that's what I've been working on the last five months is like, um, not just with like brewery church, but like I started this new business where I'm literally just doing odd jobs, like 
like literally straight up blue collar, just doing it. Um, and it, it's called bend odd jobs and, um, I have this vision of how like that can support brewery church. So it's like with brewery church, like there's no, um, no one's getting paid. Like if, like if, you know, if this thing were to take off, like and have a life of its own, it's like, I want all the money <laughs> to go towards, uh, you know, towards the mission, which is like actually like taking care of people and like widows and orphans and poor people and all this stuff. Like, you know, um, but I'm like, okay, like, so I'm taking that to the bank. I'm like, okay, there's a lot messed up. There's things that I see in churches where it just feels like this is a, a platform, uh, which if I'm being honest, was kind of what attracted me to it in the first place was like, oh, I want to be a speaker. I want to get on stage. I want the lights to be shining down on me. I want to have the microphone in my hand and I want people to look at me. I want to be the alpha on stage and I have something to say, and that's not all bad, but let's be real. There's some weird motives in there. And that's kind of, I think what leads to like Mark Driscoll, weird narcissistic pastor bullshit that we see. And that's not, I mean, I don't know. Like that's not even necessarily like a full criticism, criticism on him. Like I think what we, what I've been seeing with that podcast, uh, rise and fall of Mars Hill. If you haven't already checked that out, there's like a, what we've seen is like God works in mysterious ways. Like God still works with, within our weakness and he works within our shortcomings and with our profoundly toxic bullshit that we bring to the table. And I don't know, like I'm, I'm kind of just sick of the cancel culture bullshit. Um, like I'm all for like calling out hypocrisy and like making things better for sure. I think that's a part of like the prophet's job, but you know what? Like that's not the only thing. Like there's other, there's other moves. There's other ways that we can uh, make things better or reform. And for me, I don't know. I just, I taking a note from Jordan Peterson. I'm trying to set my house in perfect order before I criticize, criticize the world. And I'm, I, you know, like literally like I'm, I'm like actually going in and like, you know, I just cleaned out my garage because I like bought all this. I recently bought a truck. I don't know if you can see, but I have a mustache, which is uh, pretty impressive, obviously. But I'm doing all this stuff and I'm working with my hands and I'm trying to integrate this like farm boy agricultural lesson stuff that I was taught, but also like using my brain and and just, I'm, I'm not just going to reduce myself down to like a caricature of a person. And when it comes to my faith, I just want to keep it simple. I want to love people. I want to, I just want to, <laughs> I want to like just do good in the world. And, you know, like if, if the excuse is like we hang out and drink beer and like that's, th- then that's great, you know, but I am kind of sick of, I am kind of sick of the, the sermonizing. I'm kind of sick of the, I I just don't think I can listen to another freaking sermon, um, from like a wannabe Judah Smith, Tim Keller type. I just, I don't know, you know, (laughs) I just don't think I could do it. I, 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 you know, I, I enjoy a good 
I enjoy a good sermon. I do. Um, somebody who's like bringing the word, who's bringing it, who's preaching, like, oh my gosh. But like, I think if there's anything that I could say about my generation, and I'm going to land the plane here, okay? I know I've been ranting, but that's why you're here. This is a podcast, so. Preaching is great. Preaching is awesome. You know, it's great. Uh, (laughs) But like the thing that I think my, that I'm sick of, and this is me speaking as a millennial, is I'm so sick of the style, the, 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 the hype preachers, uh, the Chad Veaches of the world, like the freaking Rich Wilkerson, that guy. Um, a lot of these guys, I think probably have a lot of good stuff to say. They're probably good people at the end of the day, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, so many of the people that I went to Bible college with are just trying to be that. And they have these little hip little churches that they plan. And it's just all about like attracting a one type of individual. And it's just all about looking good. And I just freaking hate it. I'm just kind of annoyed. Like it's just no stuff, no substance, all style, all sleek, all pizzazz. And I'm just, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if that's what, what, uh, if that's the way forward. So anyway, I'm just speaking for myself here and, um, I just want my faith to be real. I want, um, in my own life, in my own ministry, the things that I am a part of and not just leading, but like just being a part of like, I don't know. I want to be a part of something that's not causing harm in the world objectively. Like this is actually doing good without this. Like people would suffer more. Uh, Yeah. And that is another thing like that's like what's undeniable. What can like what's what is worth like if you get down to the bedrock of your faith, like what's worth holding on to and like, what can you like, what's true, what's true objectively capital T. And, and for me, like, I don't know a bunch of like, I don't know a bunch of stuff, but like what I can take to the bank, what I know for sure is that like, man, is that people are suffering. Um, that life is hard. That's one thing that Jesus and Buddha can both agree on, that life is suffering, that it's hard. In this life, Jesus said, you will have challenges. You will, you will, I mean, that's just a part of it. And I guess for me, like, being somebody who is like raised in a really poor family, a really dysfunctional, broken family where, and I, and I'm not trying to like get sympathy or or I'm not try, I'm not trying to complain about it. I'm just trying to share with what was going on. Like there was times where food wasn't really always promised. There was times when like basic things, like I would literally go to school just so I could eat that day. Like free lunches was like a thing. And uh, and uh, there was a time that really hit me because I, you know, 
over the pandemic where the school lunch, uh, like the, the school district in our area was still giving out lunches to kids because they needed it. That's like, because they know, they know how important that is. Uh, And that was, you know, that was me. Like, when I look back on a lot of stuff with, like, people who were, like, I don't know. I can get really cynical about this stuff. And I don't, and I don't mean to. And I don't want to necessarily because I, you know, that way lies madness in the, in the words of uh, Ron Swanson. But... You know, there was times when I feel like people were doing things for me uh, for the wrong reasons. They were doing good things for the wrong reasons. And uh, how that's possible, I don't know. But it's like, you know, I always felt like there were some people who they, they would do nice things for me. And when it like when it was convenient for them and um, and then there was also like a weird like we have something over you because we did this for you kind of thing kind of strings attached and like no dig no dignity just like you you know you're a charity and we're gonna and you're a project and we're we're doing this for like weird religious Christ coins <laughs> like you're our treasure in heaven like I'm not even kidding you like one one person literally like compared me to like a a project like a like a like a it was so weird looking back but I guess what I'm trying to say is like when I get down to the bottom of this stuff um it's like, man, I can preach the best sermon in the world and like God knows like I've had dreams of that for myself. Like, you know, I want to be, I want to be the next John Mark Homer. I want to be the next Judah Smith or, you know, whoever, like those guys, like those are guys that I really look up to and like I think actually have not just style but a lot of substance. Um, but, uh, I'm like, I don't know. I think for me with where I'm at and what I can do is I can help alleviate some of the suffering in my world, in, in this, I don't know about your world, but I can do it in my world. And, and for all I know, that is the world. My world is the world. (laughs) Uh, you know, I can't, I can't change the world, but I can change my world and I can, clean my room. I can set my house in perfect order and I can put, I can position myself to in a way that's doing the most amount of good. Um, and not just complaining and not just bitching and not just like, it's just not constructive after a while. And I want to do something about it. And funny enough, um, freaking four square church, the, 
official Twitter account. I actually tweeted that stop complaining, start doing, doing something about it. And they liked it. <laughs> and I didn't even know they were following me. I guess, I don't know if it was like, there's like a college friend that like manages their manages that account, like follow. Maybe they knew me in college or whatever. And they, I don't know. All I'm saying is it's just, it feels like you're trying to tell me something for square that I've been bitching up to this point. And, uh, they're like, yes, David, we want to tell you something that, um, you should stop complaining and you should start doing it. So that's my endorsement from the Foursquare church. I am commissioned and I have authority to go and do what good in the world. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, check out Brewery Church. We have some merch on there too if you want to support it. 100% of the proceeds go towards creating care packages for the less fortunate in Bend, Oregon, in my area. And, uh, yeah, I, I want to help people who are low income because that was me, you know, like I narrowly escaped poverty. I mean, really, like I was raised in a really uh, dysfunctional family and we were poor and, you know, I started living with friends in high school and they had middle class families and thanks to those families, uh, I am where I am by the grace of God. And a lot of them, um, brought me to where I am today, you know, and, uh, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I want to commit myself to real people, <laughs> um, and not just people who I like, not just people who I think I like you know, um, who agree with me on everything theologically from A to Z. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Do you want to hear my band? I know I keep saying I'm going to land this thing, but if you're still listening, I assume we're friends. Do you want to listen to my band? I'm going to pull this up here. So it lays in ruins. It's on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's my old band. Uh, we're, we're metal core, metal, hardcore, uh, we recorded in a bedroom circa 2009, uh, never released because, uh, I was just way too insecure about it and it needed to be perfect, which it is not. So if, uh, if you're not into that, um, here's just a little, a little tidbit. How about that? This is from our single indifferent eyes. So listen to this really quick.
You hear that? Freaking so, so heavy. Ugh, so good. Okay, if you want to check out that song, it's on my YouTube channel. Um, I mean, I don't know if you're into that music. Most people aren't, but I don't care. This is my podcast. It's me. Um, it's really good. And the lyrics are up there, too. We got pretty heavy. Um, there's, like, we have a whole EP, and uh, it's it's loosely titled... Uh, Decim- it's the decimation decimation EP <laughs> so the whole full length album is up there if you want to check it out um, it's, it's just I mean I, that that's me playing guitar um, or Peter on some of those I think but um, really good stuff you know just, share, just just trying to share a little bit about me a little bit about uh, old David Metcalf here uh, so anyway um that's it my friends thanks for tuning in i appreciate it i know it's been a while it's been five months but uh we're back the comeback kid is here that's me he knocked me down life is swinging hard and i'm swinging harder okay i'm gonna get back up you can knock me down i've been knocked down before but it's time to get the fuck back up and keep going and you know sometimes you need a little bit of tenacity. You need some resilience. And, you know, with all these people that I feel like a lot of, like, really, like, progressive uh, peeps, and that if that's you, that's, you know, that's cool. But I'm just saying, a lot, of, a lot of people that I feel like are, like, blacklisted, like Dave Ramsey or uh, whoever, like Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan, Jocko Willink, all these people who I feel like get a really bad rap and are like, uh, that, that person, it's like, okay, well, the one thing that I feel like I can pick up from these guys is that they are leaving me feeling empowered. Oftentimes they're leaving me challenged for sure. Um, I don't always agree with a lot of what these people say, but that's not the point. The point is, um, life is hard and we live in a really, really messed up world. And, uh, and, that, and that's it. And, and, and how are you going to get through? How are you going to get through it in a way that's constructive, not only for you, but the person next to you? I mean, that's the, that's the ultimate challenge. So I hope that you leave here today feeling a little bit stronger, a little bit more encouraged. A little bit all those things you know um, I want you to I want this to be a safe place for sure I'm not the okay just white knuckle it pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of guy but uh, sometimes there is a place for that I don't know in some in some in some respects you know yes we need therapy yes it's okay to cry but uh, that's all I'm trying to say let's just make room for people okay on every side each side of the, the political uh, spectrum here, right wing, left wing, I don't care. I care about the whole bird, as uh, Billy Graham would say. Watch out. R.I.P. Franklin Graham. Franklin Graham sucks, but uh, whatever. It's fine. Anyway, okay. Thanks, my friends. That's it for me. Till next time. To getting better. 
Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's enough.